The following podcast is recorded and produced by Emerge, a media creators co-op, in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Double Fist Punch Podcast, the only podcast where we advocate for inefficient violence. <laughs> My name is Rick, and I'm joined here by... Rich. And we're here to dis- discuss... And Julie, who's in uniform, but our uniforms are still in... Yes. I am. Uh, ...are not here yet. Oh, wrong hand. Yes, so. I, I figured... <laughs> when I when I put when I placed the order, I put my phone number. I was like, oh, okay, they'll text me or call me or no. No, uh, this is why I told you you should always put your email in when you when you order stuff online. That way you can track it obsessively like I do. So hopefully next time. Yes. This I realize this is I had a Star Trek shirt. So. No, well, good. I had something I could wear. Yeah. So we're back for episode two. We our pilot episode. It's like we didn't get canceled. Mm-hmm. They allowed. They ordered a second pilot, so this is yeah. not the second pilot, but we could kind of compare that if we wanted to. Yeah, the studio hated the first episode. <laughs> they so. used to get rid of the Vulcan. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the, actually going to see the third episode that yes. we produced. For that's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny though. Like, <laughs> <we just laughs> like another pilot, but they changed <laughs> the ship again. We just have the we we just had the first uh, episode being. Sent out on Spotify being the uh, episode where we talk about, I'd guess it'd be the Menagerie by that point. Right, right. <laughs> we'll be at that point, um, so. Speaking of episodes. Yeah, that's what we're going to um, cover. We're continuing, uh, we're ep- we're going to actually cover the actual pilot yeah. that was not aired first, which was aired as the third episode. Yeah, we, we'll be covering uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before. Well, they should include that in the, right in the thing, in the, uh, in the Kirk's uh, thing there. Yeah, and we have a convenient little uh, blurb here. Another VHS. Yep. The flight recorder of the 200-year-old USS Valiant relays a tale of terror, a magnetic storm at the edge of the galaxy. As the Enterprise nears the same barrier, Kirk elects to probe beyond its depths with disastrous results. Kirk's closest friend, Lieutenant Gary Mitchell, Gary Lockwood, I, I appreciate that they put the actors yeah, here. Yeah. Um is affected. When Mitchell's mutating ESP abilities threaten the safety of his ship, Kirk must make an agonizing decision. Maroon Mitchell on a desolate planet or kill him while he still can. However, as one friendship dies, another is just beginning. Mm. And that I like watch the episode there and I, I don't really understand. I'm not sure what it's referring to by the friendship. I think friendship you're starting beginning. to understand, like, there's there's a moment in that episode towards the end when um, Spock, you know, kind of, you know, starts to, I think he, I forget he says, like, I felt for him, too, in the very last scene. And there may be hope for you yet someday, Mr. Spock. And Spock kind of smiles, which he shouldn't. And um, But I think they're just kind of, you know, obviously there was always a plan that Gary Lockwood and... Um, and and Sally Kellerman were not going to be regulars, yeah. <laughs> or, or poor Kelso. Shout out to Kelso, uh, who didn't last very long. Hardly knew you, um, um, and Doctor Piper, like who also didn't make it. Um, no, but I, I, I like I like it's a, it's a good pilot. Um, you can see that they they fix some things clearly from the from the cage, which we're going to get to when we review the menagerie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the costumes are a little bit different. The set's been upgraded a little bit. Um, I don't uh, Sulu the mathematician. Yeah. Like the ships have a mathematician. Like I taught math, and we don't need that. Um, we got computers, right? No, but I, I think that you start to see Star Trek to become, and obviously William Shatner is a better choice than um, Jeffrey Hunter, right? Wouldn't yeah. you say? Like I think Shatner is iconic to the role. Yeah, I think I think Shatner has a lot of like, like an empathetic but very confident demeanor. Yeah, do you feel like the characters? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of characters missing because there's no none of the none of the mm-hmm. regular cast is essentially here besides Scotty Sulu, who we barely see. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty has his accent. He, he has a nice. He has a couple interactions. He's he's the chief engineer, but it seems like Kelso's got more power than him. 
through this episode, like because it seems like yeah. like Kelso's kind of the leading the way, and yeah. you know, and when they're trying to fix the ship, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But how did you feel like when you watched that episode? How did you feel like? Did Shatner and and Nimoy kind of already kind of seem like they had the characters kind of? You had a good sense of where the characters would be going. I think Nimoy was still settling in. Uh, I think Kirk generally had what he would have for the rest of the series, but like. Um, you kind of see it in uh, Nimoy's acting in this episode. Like, he's not as cold and calculating right. as he becomes. Uh, you know, you see him smile a couple times. Um, right. So it, it, I think at this point, it, it, he like, the Spock character was more of a, a person that experienced emotions differently than humans rather than not right. experiencing. I, yeah, I agree with that a lot. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think... It's kind of funny because, like, I think we said this. I said this in the last episode. Some characters, you know, it takes them years for their character to develop mm-hmm. on the show. Where Kirk Shatner comes in, and I don't think he. he we make fun of his acting because it's acting style at the time. But at the same time, like, and it. the character doesn't really. <laughs> yeah, the character doesn't evolve significantly. Like, like in terms of, we, like, we he he's not significantly different as the captain in episode one as he is in the last episode. Like, he's pretty much there's some development, but for the most part, he's pretty much Captain Kirk. Yeah, like, he, he is, I think, honestly, his acting gets kind of worse as he goes on. Like, he, he gets more hammy, I think, in Yeah, my probably. Opinion. Like, yeah. especially once you get into season two. Yeah. Like, he really starts to ham it up a little bit. Yeah, I struggle a little bit watching season three. There's some episodes in season three when we get to it that I'll be like, I got nothing. Like, it's, it, well, this, like, you, your line was like, well, that happened. You know, yeah. like, there's there's some things and, and um, whatever. But, I mean, look, back to this one. Um, I, I, I like this episode. I mean, I love this episode. I like this episode. Um, there is, did I, did I, there is a double fist in this one, isn't there? Doesn't he use it once? I have it in my notes. There was a double, f- in the fight with, uh, yeah. we, we, okay, let's start with, I guess the point is, there's this weird thing, the energy barrier in this episode that starts off the episode, which I don't know what the hell that is. So they like, it's weird because this is just something they invented. It seems like, couldn't you just go over or below it? It's just kind of there. It's like a thin red line. Of it like, is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why don't we just go over it or under it? Like, I, it's like kind of a weird thing. Yeah, I, I think they kind of. I think they fix. Are you watching the remastered or the? Uh, I well, I watched both. Uh, so I have actually haven't seen the original, but like in the remaster, like it seems like there's more there. I for think them you're to, right. I think they made it like harder to, and they almost have to go into it because they're looking for what happened to the Valiant. Mm-hmm. So they almost make a decision. They kind of have to go into it, I guess, which is kind of a point. Uh, and this is a funny thing. Christian, my son's watching with me and he's, he's like, he had, he not, he did not know what ESP was. So he like, he, he's like, what that, like, is that a, th-? he's like, is, did people talk about ESP? And I'm like, yeah. Like, I think back then, like, oh, what do you have ESP? Like, you know, like people would say that in my youth, but I feel like that's something that's kind of dropped off. Like our, um, like vernacular. We don't use that as much as a conversational thing. It, it dropped off after that episode. <laughs> like they never talk about that again. Yeah, I mean Spock. I, yeah, like it's yeah. not a thing that ever comes back, and it's not a thing I think anybody really talks about in just in society anymore. Like I never hear anybody. I don't know if what why they would like if there's a term for it. Psychic maybe. Psychic. Like, maybe it's more sense. psychic. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more than that because yeah. he can manipulate things. Yeah. Um. um the. Uh, I was going to bring up, like, while they're approaching the bar- – which, by the way, the barrier, like, um, they, they never really do this again. I'm guessing they were traveling, like, either up or down, like, as you see the galactic plane. Right. Um, which would set up why they never try to do that again. Right. Um, because it's just – there's a barrier on, you know, up and down. Yeah. Um, but, like, you kind of see, like, Spock's, like, military – uh, background coming yeah, out you, in this yeah, episode. Yeah, you're right. Like, I agree with that. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, as he's like, Fencers full yeah. intensity. And yeah. they have kind of a submarine kind of thing, vibe going in the beginning. Yeah, like he's, he's like shouting orders and like, right. you know, making himself heard over. It's like, we're right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and they, they set up the like special effects really early on. Yeah. Like, the, the, you know, things are exploding and yeah. like, yeah. you know, the, the ship are, gets. 
effed up really bad. Like it, they lose a lot of controls, and usually they could fix it, and this time they can't fix it, um, which is like it's going to take us years to get back. We don't have warp drive. We don't. We don't have a way to energize the weapons. The control mana panels and stuff are all broken, so to speak. And then, but in the meantime, we've got this thing because you know now the guy who also gets killed by hell the computer. Um, by the way, I always thought that was kind of funny that this guy is in two sci-fi, major sci-fi things of the 70s. This and 2001 gets murdered in both. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and he plays, obviously, you know, it, it's an interesting dynamic because I like the fact that they they kind of have this young captain and he's got his young buddy with him. And, um, and and he probably shouldn't be there. He should that guy should probably is probably only got that far because. Kirk has a lot of influence because he's a young hotshot captain and he probably brought Gary with him and Gary probably shouldn't even be on the ship. Like he's like inappropriate, like worse than anybody we've seen just, you know, like the walk-in freezer. He's a, he's a jerk. He's just a, you know, he's a womanizer, you know, he doesn't seem really focused on his job. No, unfortunately we don't get to see him do a lot of his job because he immediately gets uh, zapped. Um, He's got like the, tinfoil eyes that we were talking about that had a hurt back then yeah i wonder how they did that because we were talking about this the other day when when we were watching it's like i could only imagine that it looks like he actually has just like a layer of tinfoil i think they i mean they had they had kind of things that they would put in people's eyes back then um they couldn't like nearly have been as comfortable as no, they are they, now. No, but not like nowadays. I and mean, we don't have the you know the, the, the materials that like we make contacts now. I remember like the original. I'm imagining there essentially were glass like g- glass contact lenses, which were the first type of contact lenses were glass, and then they would fall out all the time. Like I never had them because by the time I had them, they had soft lenses. But my brother Tom, when he when he's six years older than me, so in the 70s. He had glass contact lenses, so I'm imagining this was some type of glass contact lens that they actually Gross. literally put in their eye, mm. put in his eyes, which had a hurt like a mobile. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of look. He was kind of looking around throughout the entire. I don't think he could really see that well. No, I think they kind of made it like, you know, this type of thing. Yeah. You know. Um. Oh, uh, a, a line before that. Um. We hadn't. Uh. Roddenberry hadn't established that. Um. Spock's mother was human yet. Right. He just said one of my ancestors was human. Like, which, if, if you're, if you're taking this as, like, like, who would refer to their mother as an ancestor? Yeah. So, honestly, this, this story seems less canon than the cage. Like, sure. <laughs> I would, oh, you know, I think that's a really good point. Like, this does feel like, um... Yeah, I'm wondering, like, I guess I've never read, and I've read a lot of stuff, you know, I've read about a lot of books about things, but it's never been, I don't think I've ever come across, and maybe somebody out there has read this, that why, like, you know, he made the changes he had to make after the cage was like, nope, we don't like that, but he did this, and they, oh, yeah, we like this, it's good enough, but, or there were probably more, maybe there were more notes that they're like, ah, you gotta lighten it up, we don't like those costumes, they look like the shirts are all, like, you know, like, you know, pinned together, like, make some better costumes, you know, and um, and let's put the girls in go-go, sh- you know, in shorter skirts. So. I mean, I, I didn't mind those costumes. They, they they look pretty nice. I like that they throw those costumes. You'll get a throwback to those costumes once in a while. Like, um, you know, like, you know, like there's another episode coming up where Kirk uh, interacts with uh, Finnegan, his, his, his foil from college. And his Finnegan has, like, one of the old-style <laughs> Federation uniforms. Oh, you know? yeah. That's right. I've been waiting for you, Jimmy boy. <laughs> I love I love Shore Leave. That's a great episode. I can't wait till we get to get that. That's one of my favorites. I think that's um, the most recent one I watched. It's, it's such a good episode. But, I mean, I like I like that they – and I and now they even – they say still say Earthship a lot in this mm. episode, too, I believe, don't they? I think they say that a yeah. lot throughout all of season one. Yeah. Like, I don't think – I – I watched season one, and then I started rewatching for the podcast. Okay. I don't think Starfleet has ever, is ever mentioned. That's in a good question. One. I guess I'm gonna have to look that up. Like when the first reference of Starfleet was. I'll do that for the next episode. But um, so um, they they quickly start to realize that that Spock already senses there's a problem. Like mm-hmm. in this, I like that Spock is already kind of on the job. Mm-hmm. That like the, you know the last guy was looking for ESP. Now these people are talking about ESP. And, you know, like, clearly already Kirk doesn't like that Sally Kellerman's character, Dr. Whatever, is, um, 
like she she's just she's all she's all impressed with this like you know like she she wants to see a uh, I like that we have already in this first episode like some stuff that Spock's kind of on the job he's always on the job and that we also have this already like this conflict of like oh, you know a better human would be great you know and Spock and Kirk's like you know no like it, it won't be great like yeah. you know this this guy's going to have too much power and he's not going to have the wisdom world to do with it like you know, it, 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 I like that, the conflict, you know, and, and then that inner conflict that obviously, you know, that Kirk's going through um, because it's his friend. It's his friend from, from the Academy. It's his oldest friend or whatever. So, you know. Yeah, Spock, like, Sp- Spock was really, like, on it. And, like, also he did, I, I don't know if Spock's, like, telepathy had been established. I doubt it. Um, no, a lot of that was added as the years. They didn't have any of that. Like, he didn't even have the Vulcan egg pinch until he created it. But, like, he was just, like, very much just, okay, this is bad. Um, yeah. Because, like, we see, uh, you know, he, he um, as he's sitting in sickbay, um, as, the, uh, right. as Gary is sitting in sickbay, he's clicking through. He's um, reading like it, yeah. Half the ship's library, apparently. Right. Um, which, by the way, that computer screen, like, it showed the, the technology of the time. Right. Be- because, like, they just didn't have the ability like to microfish. do Microfish. Like, it's basically microfish. Yeah. Like, like it just, reminds me of going to the library back when I was in college in the 80s. Like, you had to go through the microfish and find these, like, Xeroxes or, like, yeah. camera, basically pictures of the newspaper. They weren't scanned. It was pre-scanning. So, yeah, he's, like, just clicking it. Yeah. He's got the remote. He's just kind of <laughs> clicking it. He's, and it's the whole page. It's not like how we would read on, like, a template. You know, yeah. now we're on our phones. You know, it's kind of cool. You know. Yeah, you could see, like, one production detail in there. Like, as he – like, in the shots where the the computer screen has to, like, move around, right? it's just the words and a, a, a backlight behind them. Oh, okay. So, like, like, they yeah. click it on and off. But, like, it's always the same page. They just kind of move the oh, I know arm the guy. around. I didn't catch that. I guess they didn't realize that. I, I, like the, I like that scene when he's in the library. And he's and, and there's two cool things in that scene when Kirk comes in. And he's talking to check on him. And it's um, and he's, like, you know, talking about, you reading this long-haired stuff? Which is obviously very 60s, you know, kind of the 60s reference. And then, you know, when he's talking to uh, – when the when the doctor comes in and and he was she's quizzing him on his abilities to remember stuff and he quotes a 1996 like poem which is like it's one of the most important love songs written in all time it's funny like that's our 1996 has come and gone like really really a long time ago but i like that there's already like this thing in canon that already happened yeah you know like a star trek's been around for so long but then, like, there's a. I've always been freaked out. I love the music in this episode, the Alexander Courage music in this episode. Like, dun 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 dun. dun, dun. It's like such. And then there's that shot where they're on the bridge, and he looks at them from yeah. sick bay. It's like, holy hell! He knows we're watching him, man. Like, it's 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 kind of it's a good freaky episode. Like, there's freaky stuff about the guy's abilities. Yeah, during that, like. Kirk had already left, and that was just Spock, I'm pretty sure, just standing there staring at the screen, and then right. the dude just looks at him and smiles at him. Didn't I just... tell you to be nice to me? Oh, yeah. Like, he... There's some, like, really, you know... He drops into God God he, talk he does... for a second. Yeah. Well, Didn't again, I, th- I tell you not to yeah. be good to me? Yeah, like that weird echo <laughs> shit comes yeah. in, and, and Kirk you know, Shatner does that <laughs> turn. Um, you know what? But I do like the fact, and I think the one thing that I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll compliment them on the writing here, is that if it was a character of strong virtue, mm-hmm. then it maybe the, you know, like if, if Kirk turned out, like I don't, Kirk probably wouldn't be as corrupted as easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy being kind of a weaker character anyways, he suddenly likes having all this power. Um, you know, and then like he, how I can use and all that stuff that he says, like, you know, and, and obviously he's manipulating his ability. He's, he's learning his abilities and he's doing, and then he's having some fun with people and stuff too. Like when they have that, they have that scene in the, the briefing room, which is those ridiculous bulkheads in the middle of like the room. Like they got rid of those by the next episode. (laughs) Like, why do we got to walk around this big piece of metal to get over to like the other chair? Yeah. He, he, um, like he, I think it's implied that he has a pretty good relationship with um, the other guy. I can't remember his name right now. The other guy that got choked to death. Oh, later Kelso. On. Yeah. Kelso. Yeah. Right. 
I think he had a pretty good relationship with Kelso, like right. at the beginning of the episode, and then yeah, he's they're just buddies. Like, like yeah, they're like the you know the kind of the Sulu checkoff camaraderie. Yeah, and then you can kind of see that he immediately, well, not immediately, but like as soon as he gets these godlike powers, right. he mo- more or less just drops that. He's right. like, no, this guy's an idiot. Yeah, like he um, yeah he evolves past his friend, yeah. or Nat Neo, whatever the guy's name is. It's like he says, "I'm like." I w- I w- I'm not joking, like yeah. you know, and it, it it's a weird thing, and you know, and I and I I, I like I like that aspect. I, that's a good catch that you know he he he's already evolving past everybody, and I think the one he struggles the most with is is Kirk, you mm-hmm. know, because obviously that's his that's his true friend, you know, and then he's obviously you know like it's it's neat. I mean, and then they get to the planet and they have to kind of um, it's funny because they do the thing where they give a shot. And then they like bring him to the transporter, yeah. and he's like standing. Like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, he's they, knocked out. How is he standing? Yeah, they kind of like leave him, and they're like, "Don't fall, <laughs> fall off the path." <laughs> yeah, oh, you God. know, I assume they just they just could. They didn't not realize do that, that you, they didn't want to have more than one guy on the yeah. pad. They put like their DNA would mix or something, and then you get like a new Voyager Tuvix yeah. thing. They didn't want that, you know. So. Um, you know, again, it's so early that they don't really, they don't know. Yeah. Again, they don't think anybody's been watching this shit in 60 years. Like, right. <laughs> like I mean, I, I assume the reason why, why they had to be single on the pad and why, why there was, like, so much just, like, direct, like, physical objects there right. to direct you where to stand is because they probably had those effects pre-baked into their, in, like, into well, whatever they were using to edit. Right. And they just didn't have the ability to, like, expand that out into multiple people this is one of those things that probably everybody knows but there's a funny little um uh, tidbit here is that the floor of the transporter room in the original star trek um they had pete they they still had the round bases Mm -hmm. those bases became the ceiling of the next generation Hmm. uh transporter (laughs) room it's like so they had those discs and then like they had them (laughs) Um, and there's so much stuff that's evolved from the transporter technology and that thing. Uh, Doctor Piper's awful. Um, he's just like this, I hate the I hate that like his acting's terrible. Like it's just so bad. Like oh my god. Like I saw them go over the ridge towards the morning light, and I'm like oh my god. Like please, I hope somebody kill this guy. Like um, this guy's awful. Awful. The old guy. Yeah, Doctor. Yeah. The old doctor. Yeah. That the, obviously they decided to get divorced yeah. after that. Didn't even kill him. Just uh, he just d- ceased to exist. Yeah, they just like well, you know, <laughs> not even they changed the crew. Well, they had to replace Kelso, yeah. so they might as well like get you know, yeah. get Sulu out of the math department and bring him and have let him be the helmsman. Oh, um, there's a lot of neat stuff like though. I mean, they they bring him down. They start figuring out like how to take those pieces out and and you know so they can save the ship and uh, you know there is that's the Star Trek-y, like fix the ship mm-hmm. already. We've got that. That's that side. There's always that mechanical aspect of Star Trek. We got to fix the ship, kind of thing. There's, which is very Star Trekky. Like mm-hmm. even on 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 Strange New Worlds, when you get to season three, Christian and I are watching an episode, and he's like, "I like the fact that the ship's broken. They got to fix the ship while all this other shit's going on." He's kind of likes that. That's that's a theme in Star Trek that you know the ship sometimes breaks. Yeah, I, I I like the terminology they used for that. By the way, like they're it's not repair the warp warp drive. It's regenerate the warp drive. I thought it was. I just thought it was an interesting little detail. It becomes. I think it stays regenerate. Like when they're talking about repairs, they 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 use the word regenerate. Yeah, a lot I think in, in the I first think season. in negative time, like he turns the engines off, and we're gonna get to that. And that's kind of, there's some other things too. You know that that um you know the technology of the warp drive. So you get down to that cool. You know, for its time, it's funny because in Star Wars we have the volume now. Mm-hmm. And, and back in those days, the volume was essentially a soundstage with like a big psych on the outer wall. Mm-hmm. And you just lit it different colors. Yeah. And then you brought in fake rocks and some sand. And, and you know, that's how you built, that's how you filmed out. Because obviously the challenges of filming out in the woods and desert, which Star mm-hmm. Trek does. Um, but they, there was, it just wasn't, it, it probably was extremely expensive to do that. So you just went into the soundstage and we get to see, you know, it's funny. I, I bet you could probably see all those same rocks in about 30 episodes where they just move the rock this way and mm-hmm. they, and they paint them or whatever. And I, I, I like, I like that bit when they go down to the planet and they kind of, and Gary, you know, they try to, they, Gary kind of doesn't, it's kind of weird. He doesn't just kill them all, but I mean, 
He's like, yeah, I'll, I just knocked you out. I'm, I don't I'll, need. I'll, they're I'll, not really a threat yeah. to me. Maybe he just figures they're not really a threat. Yeah, that that's pretty good explanation for it. Like they're he like kills ants. he kills Kelso because he is a direct threat to him because right. Kelso would blow up the entire valley. Right. Um, yeah. to, Which is kind of a cool thing because Spock's mad at him. Spock's mad at Kirk because Kirk doesn't want to see what this is. And then Spock comes in and he's bringing some of the phaser rifle. He's like, which we never see the phaser rifle again. He's like, um, I didn't order a phaser rifle. And here Spock comes, you know, yeah. rocking up with the phaser rifle. And he's, and then, and then Spock is kind of surprised that Kirk did have another plan. Yeah. And he didn't tell Spock because it's none of Spock's freaking business, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> like, I'm the captain. So he told, you know, Lee, oh, it's Lee. Lee, you know, could you, could you make those things blow up if we needed to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could really a switch. And he's like, well, you stay here if the last man pull that switch. Like, they're dramatic. Go to the commercial break thing. I like, I mean, it is. It's very Kirk. It is, and, it, and I like that that's established pretty early on. Yeah. Um, Spock, speaking of Spock um, and his phaser rifle, he, from the very beginning, like, almost as soon as, like, it became clear that um, Gary was becoming right. something dangerous, right. he was like, we should really consider killing him. Yeah, because like, the logic – and it is logical. Yeah. Like, oh, the yeah. logic is we better kill this guy before he kills us. Like, there's not a huma- – it's not hu- there's not a humanity. There's not the compassion. And I only have logic, and he says that. Like, yeah. so, you know, like – I, I think, like, my favorite thing about that is that Spock's immediate reaction is just, let's commit murder. <laughs> like, it, it, it was before the Vulcans kind of got, like... More pacifist. Yeah, like, they, they in the future, they become more pacifist, like, in the canon right. as a society. But for right now, in, like, a lot of season one, like, Spock's just, like... If the logical choice is to kill somebody, then it's time to die. You know. Well, in in, in <laughs> it for sure, and then and the one thing that's lacking in this episode, which starts to really happen, and I think it really doesn't even happen until the fifth episode with um, with the enemy within, is when we finally start getting, which I think is why Star Trek works so well, is the Spock McCoy Kirk scenes, mm-hmm. where Kirk's there, and there's the you know, it's like the angels and devil on your shoulder, so to speak, mm-hmm. where you got you got emotional bones and mm-hmm. you got the exact opposite with Spock, and they combat it out. And Spock, Kirk just kind of listens, and it's this. I I I've always loved. I thought that that trio. People always talk about the Kirk Spock relationship, but I think the trio of Spock, Kirk, and McCoy mm-hmm. working shit out. You know, in the corner of the bridge, or in the or in the con- or the captain's quarters, or in sick bay, and you know, like in that you green blooded son of a bitch, like that back and forth kind of stuff, and that you know, Kirk and he needs them both, and I think that's why even as bad as Star Trek the motion picture is, the mm-hmm. one thing they got right is that Kirk realizes to do this mission that he needs Spock and he needs he needs Bones. And I and I we don't get that yet. We certainly don't get it with Doctor Piper. Yeah. And I don't think we don't really get it till the enemy within when they finally start to learn to write some of these episodes a little bit better. Yeah, this this is an interesting episode in that like you just uh, when talking about the overall characterization it, because most of the characters aren't there yet. <laughs> like, right, right. So we can't like right really go. It's a great. I love the fight at the end. I, I like I like Kirk's got the speech. Mm-hmm. You know, the Kirk's famous for the big speech. And he's like. Be a doctor for one more minute. Yeah. Does he know what to do with it? You know, like, yeah. you know, do you see absolute power corrupting? Absolutely. Like, and he's making him pray to me, Jim. Like, pray to me, Captain. Like, I like that. And then he has to, you know, and there is a double fist punch. I remember yeah. there definitely is that first double fist punch in this. And, he, you know, and he, he you know, and he, and he doesn't want to kill Gary. And he has a rock over his head. And he's like, mm-hmm. forgive me. And then he's like, too late. And he's all right back. He's back. Like. When he loses those eyes, like somehow you know, he goes back to just being kind of like, what the hell's going on? Like he almost doesn't even realize what has happened to mm-hmm. him when he loses those abilities. Um, you know, and then, you know, they do get the tombstone wrong, by the way. Yep, yep. William R. Kirk. Yep, it's not our. Maybe, uh, maybe, R- maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know that his middle name was Tiberius. Maybe it never came up. When they were drinking in the bar during the in the academy, I said William R. Kirk, James R. Kirk, James R. Kirk, uh, James Riberius Kirk, Riberius, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Tiberius isn't really a thing until the animated series, anyways. They say James T. Kirk, mm-hmm. but Tiberius isn't established until the animated series, yeah. and that's considered canon. So that's when it becomes Tiberius. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's. It, 
I, I, I like um, Roddenberry, like, actually, I, if I remember correctly, I read that Roddenberry actually spoke on that mistake specifically. Right. He was like, yeah, this, is, this isn't a real god. It's, it's somebody who's, you know, uh, acting like a god but right. is infallible. Right. Uh, which is decent explanation, decent cover. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously they have the challenge of how does he kill him. And so he couldn't shoot him, yeah. so he crushes him with a rock. And I guess that's the best you're going to – I guess that it works. It makes sense that you could distract him long enough that the rock falls on him. He didn't have the time to whatever. His powers aren't established enough yet. And then, um, and then you know, Zeller, you know, Hot Lips Hulahan from Ash the Movie dies too. And, um, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, she just kind of – yeah, you know. She gets it too, and she even says, "You know, you don't know what it's like to almost be a god." Mm-hmm. And you know, like I do say that the two guest stars in this episode were both really good. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were they were well known actors at the time. I mean, she had just she was well known. Obviously, he was well known. You know, Shatner was obviously a movie actor, a small movie actor, but um, they had good guest stars in this episode. And I and I, it's a good episode. You can see why I can see why they didn't use it as the first episode they aired. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can see why they said, "Oh, we've got something here." Yeah, that, that would have been weird if it was the first episode because you'd be like, oh, look, who, who are all these people? And then all Well, gone. quite often when you watch pilot episodes of shows, a lot of them now are like spinoffs or something. Mm-hmm. But quite often they'll film the pilot and then they go away for months and then they come back. Um, that was definitely how it was at this point. Like where, you know, I think nowadays a lot of times the shows are made and they order five episodes. So they're mm-hmm. filming the first five episodes, including the pilot. Especially if it's something that they're really expecting they're going to bring in. Yeah, Maybe yeah. not sitcoms, but I feel like a lot of your action-type shows, they're going to order five episodes, not just one. Yeah, I'm guessing like with Strange New Worlds, they probably just ordered the whole first season. And yeah, they yeah because they're, they're going to drop it. They're not going to order one at a time. So And then as soon as the first episode aired, they were like, okay, we already ordered season two. Like or Season three was ordered as soon as episode two of the second season came out. Anything else you got on this episode? Um, just some like production stuff. Yeah. Um, my guess is like with the with the cup sliding aclo- across the table, that was probably a magnet under the table just yep. because of the way it looked. And then with the cup flying to his hand, if right. you look closely, you can see the string, and like, um, it's like a little black line. And when he grabs it, he, he and he drinks it. The string's still there, like okay. it's. And then you know. Kurt well, cool because it. it's a wide shot, so yeah. it works. And I guess like I gotta have to go watch the Blu-ray or something on a higher definition and see if you can see it. Probably on streaming, it's still kind of blurry sometimes, especially with crappy spectrum. You probably can't always see it. But. Yeah, I doubt you could see that in the in the original broadcast. Yeah. It's I I I I do like I, I I mean I this is an episode I rewatch. Mm-hmm. You know, there's episodes that I skip, but if, if I'm if I'm watching TV or in the old days, if I threw out one of these, took one of the VHSs out and threw it in, if this is an episode, if I oh yeah, I haven't watched that in a while. I mean, I like this because I like the fight scene. I like the first first yeah. rip shirt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's got the broken hand or whatever. You know, like uh, at the end, and you know, Christian and I were laughing about the the weird like light. That was on. It was like a light, but it was a it was a microphone. But it wasn't. It was a light, but it was like, what was that stupid thing sitting on the side of the chair? They got rid of all of those w- between that and when they come back the next episode. Yeah, it seemed like I don't even know. He was talking into it, so I assume. Yeah, it was, it was a microphone. It's <laughs> yeah. not a light, but it, I think it yeah. was a light yeah. that they just used yeah. as a microphone. Like I don't. Why does he need? Like I don't know. I, it's just kind of funny. So, but yeah, there it is. Well. All right. Yeah, that probably covers uh, where no man has gone before. Yeah. So Moving on. Now we are on to the naked time. The naked time. All right. So let me just uh, read off of this. Here's the naked time box. This is another one of my favorite episodes. Whoa! Almost lost it. Okay. Sent to pick up a research team, the Enterprise finds the scientists dead. One of the landing party brings the disease back to the crew, forcing suppressed emotions to the surface. It's an interesting way to put it. Uh, Sulu becomes a modern day. Swashbuckler. D'Artigan. Yeah, that's from from three from the three musketeers. <laughs> L- Lieutenant Kevin Riley shuts down the engines. Spock and Kirk are also affected. In one of the series' most powerful scenes, they help each other overcome their inner fears. Kirk races against time before the ship is pulled into the disintegrating planet. 
Boy, they wrote that really weird on the back of this. Yeah, that um, one's not. That one's kind of. Like, I don't think the same guy wrote that one. Wrote that one. Yeah, just lots of periods. Yeah. Um, S- September 29th, nineteen sixty-six was the okay. original air date. Um. So yeah, this is the fourth episode. Um. Um. You know, it's like a, you know, I think like they're beaming down to the planet, and then like pretty much describes it. They come up, and they've got this disease, um, this infection, which basically is like you're really drunk, yeah. and you lose all your inhibitions. And it's funny because everybody seems to catch it at different rates. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I'm gonna, you know, like it's not they're not drunk, yeah. they're, so it's everybody's metabolism is gonna process this mm-hmm. thing different. So I mean, I know some people have been growing. Well, how come Kirk gets it in twelve seconds? Well, it's a plot device, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, you know, other characters get it quickly, and it, it's neat because they they talk about the character. The, the, they they talk about because we get that situation where we now we, we you know like the first guy who gets sick is um, Joe. Yeah. You know, and Joey starts to go, you know, like, why are we like he's he, he he they know that in his character that he questions why we're in space. Mm-hmm. But at the, but he keeps re-upping, as Kirk says. But because of his insecurities and his questioning of why we do this, it, it just it overwhelms him and it, it takes away his will to live, so to speak. He wants to commit suicide. And um, and, and I and I think that scene in the in this in the conference or the the lunchroom. Um, it's a neat scene because there's a lot of secondary characters. Like Kirk's not there, you know, Spock's not there. It's the other characters get a, get a scene, and yeah. they're like, yeah, and I and O'Reilly, they got that yeah. little salt, you know, little the sand yeah. little <laughs> shaker thing in the background, and he's like, but like the with the music, it, it to me it works. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell's on my hand? Like, what is yeah. this? Like, and then I like that. I like that, like that. It's not, you know, it's it's it, there's it's a physical like whatever that it gets into your system. Yeah, it works into Spock's later explanation of it. It's not actually a virus or anything. It's like some altered state of water that doesn't exist. Right. Like it's it's like a a chemical composition rather than you know some kind of virus or bacteria. It's more like a psychotic drug, yeah. like in a sense that it affects your you know mental like you know something like LSD or something. Like it's it's doing something. It's not it's not in your bloodstream as much as it's in your it's affecting your psyche, which mm. is interesting. There's a lot of really cool stuff in this episode to unpack. I mean, you know, Spock, we start to get a little bit more of the Spock aspect. We get Uhura now, and I like Uhura in this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of cool moments with Uhura. And um, I don't know, because we saw her, we saw her in, Man, in Man Trap, um, and then we see her again in this episode. And, and we start to see her, see her relationship with Kirk, you know, um, there's a lot of goofy things in this episode. Like, there's only one door in engineering. You know, they couldn't just blow it up with a phaser, but obviously you got to have some plot devices. Um, I do like the bit where O'Reilly just keeps getting on the intercom. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> you know, Captain Tom, Kevin Thomas O'Reilly, yeah. you know, like, one more. And he starts singing, like, I'll take you home again, Kathleen. And, and, you know, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot going on, and Kirk's trying to hold it all together. You know, even though the ship's spiraling down into the planet, you know, it's just there's a lot of cool stuff. Yes, uh, yeah, like, for, um, what, Joe was his name? Yeah. Idiot. Like, he goes <laughs> down onto this planet, and yeah. he's got, he's got the, he's got the safety suit. Yeah, which um, doesn't seem all that safe. And he's just but like, all right, well, let me. Ju- I got I a gotta, niche. Yeah, let me just take my glove off. Let me take my glove off. Scratch my nose. Yeah. Run my hand along the nice cold pillar yeah. and then let this thing get on. The my, nice yeah, red stuff that they used, like the camera yeah. upside down, to have <laughs> yeah. it like pour on in slow motion. Yeah. Also, those weird um, outfit space outfits. I mean, yeah. it, it <laughs> those were cool technology at the time. Like, I imagine, like you know, if if they were gonna do like that again. The, then the dude basically just took his like spacesuit and just went, you know. Well, it's like COVID people just wore their mask under their chin. Yeah. It's like that kind of yeah. thing. Like it's not really doing anything, but uh, you know, he didn't really pay attention. He he missed that day. He missed the day of infectious yeah. diseases. Where, yeah, yeah he missed he missed infection the, training day. When you, he was sick that day. You know, put the knife down, Joey. You know, you're all steamed up, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's a good. I mean, there's a. I think that scene. Is well directed. Oh, I yeah. think the scene when they're doing surgery and they're like, and they're like, you know, closing, and he just dies. Yeah. And and McCoy's just like this. 
he should just get up and walk out of here. Like I don't like I've lost patience before, but like this guy just lost the will to live. Like yeah. and and like even our, and and Nurse Jeff was like he's dead. Like yeah. what? Like yeah. it's just bizarre. Like you know like. They they're so over like trying to they do figure out what it is pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but they then they have to find the cure, which I thought was kind of cool that that's that you know like again the sciencey we have to solve the problem thing in the midst of crisis and how we handle ourselves during crisis I think is a big part of Star Trek. Yeah, like he the the fact that <laughs> that th- this they figure this out and they're like okay well how do we cure this though right. And also, we're spiraling down towards the planet right. at um, a uh, at at an increasing rate. Right. Um, you get in that uh, in that um, it, this could have been a very short episode. Like if um, if Joe had recognized that he felt weird and just went to sick bay immediately and right. got put under quarantine, that would just have been the episode end sure. of the episode. But as established, Joe's an idiot. Right. Um, uh, so we actually... And they do do contamination. Yeah. Remember when oh, they yeah. get there, like, Spock stops and is like, decontaminate. Yeah. We don't know. There's some kind of space madness that we've not seen before. And, you know, Spock realizes again, we got a problem. Like, quickly, he understands that. And then Kirk goes to see McCoy and he says, like, coincidence? He's like, you're going to ask me... You know, he was on the landing party, and he's like, he's been medically checked. Like, we've done our book. We don't. Like, we don't. Like, and they have that interaction where, you know, already where, you know, Kirk gets impatient with his people sometimes when he, when mm-hmm. like, you got to work harder. Got to do a better job. <laughs> don't suck at your job. And, you know, and there's that bit. I, I, I think that that stuff's all really good, you know. Um, and then it, at this point now, it's all over the place because now both both your both your guys, have the, 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 they literally just leave. Yeah. One of them, Sula just leaves and goes to the gym and gets his sword out. Yeah, like, that That was an interesting part of that. Like, it's so unexpected. Like, it, it kind of tells the, um... Right. It kind of points to how well this ship normally functioned, that, that nobody even noticed they were gone at first. Like, right. you, you wouldn't even expect them to be gone. Like, well, like, O'Reilly stays, and, and you can see that he's covering for Sulu because mm. he did not want to get his friend in trouble because he's infected, but not like it takes longer for him to show signs. Mm. It's like, Sulu, you can't just leave. Like, so he stays there. And then when by the time Spock realizes that Sulu is gone, it, it kicks in. He's like, you know, have no fear. O'Reilly is here. And they go into that whole bit. Um, oh my you know, gosh! The camp with him. Yeah, well, he's bad. Well, you know, oh, he's he, so bad. But oh, he's he's playing. Oh, it's like you know, like when you're yeah, like you're in community theater and you're like, I'm gonna pretend I'm drunk now. He, so I like my whiskey like in a glass. <laughs> like, and it is. It's like act. It's bad community theater acting. Oh he, man, he was an actor of his time. Yes, like you, 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 especially like in that scene where he first gets infected. Right. Like as he's talking to the guy, it's like Riley. This isn't you. This isn't you. And it, it's like okay, well he's like acting like you would in the forties. You know, right, like right. Well, <laughs> it's right, copper. We're gonna. Get- <laughs> Well, it's funny when he's in the. I do like when he's in and he's like, oh, it's, and he's like pressing the buttons like they're like a keyboard and he's just yeah. kind of doing the stuff. And he's like, there'll be a formal dance in the bowling alley tonight. And women, women show restraint yeah. when you wear makeup. <laughs> women should not look made up. And when he's saying that, there's a great shot of her where she's fucking pissed. She's like, I'm going to cut this bitch off right now. Like, she's like, she's like, and then there's, I love that interaction. I think I mentioned this one before with Sulu, I'm assuming with her and and Kirk and he's like could you at least try to cut him off he's like if you think I would cut him off don't you think I'd cut him off and yeah. like and he over he goes way overboard on Uhura and he waits a second he's like sorry like I, I love that yeah. aspect of, of Kirk that he knows when he's wrong like and he and he, he poly, like it, it's like yeah, it's Uhura she, she's the best she's the best like yeah. I should I shouldn't have yelled at her like and he and he, he you know he's a hothead and then he apologizes I'm that way so I get that <laughs> like yeah, he's just, you know he's just yeah, it's 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 a good show of humanity from from right. the character that he's just like you know he breaks and then he's just uh, immediately right. comes back realizes what he did was wrong right. and you know calms down 
I mean, you got, you got Yeoman Ran running around in this, and obviously we're supposed to kind of feel in season one that there is a weird attraction between Kirk and, and Yeoman Ran. She's clearly in love with him, mm-hmm. and he knows it, and, but he knows he can't act on it. Um, that's important in this in this episode. Um, I like the episode. I like the inter- I've always liked the interactions between Scotty and 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 Spock mm-hmm. because they're both really really good at their jobs and they really really respect each other. But sometimes Spock has to remind him, like you know, like you know, I can't. I got to have a safety margin. He's like, you know, you're going to take longer than we've got left. You don't. You can't afford a safety margin. And you know, so there's that. I do like those interactions between Spock and. I think Scotty's right already on, and he's already like you know if you guys just don't take start start taking showers with the clothes on, my engine pulls out of anything. So there's kind of like that that kind of tongue in cheek stuff with Scotty. Um, he never gets infected because he's never really interacting with anybody. No. He's pretty much just over by the by the engine room trying to get back in, and then he's the one who realizes he's turned the engines off. Like yeah. they're completely cold. It's gonna yeah. take half an hour to re-energize them. Like holy, yeah. like. I cannot change. That's that first, Scotty. I cannot change the laws of physics. I've got to have thirty minutes, and it's just, it's just, it's just like that's that first. That's why I love this episode because it's to me, it's really when we get all the characters and who they are. Like we really do. Everybody's who they are. Like for the rest of the run. Oh yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all basically, you know, who they're gonna stay for the rest of the, uh, all the episodes coming after this. Um. The big reveal. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Oh no, you're good. Um, I don't think we get much what much uh, McCoy and Spock in this episode, if I remember. No, correctly. not really, not really. Um, also like uh, some historical perspective, like, uh, he says, um, the, uh, the, the one who goes into the engine room. I keep forgetting his name. Right. Um, he's he's like, well, his mistake was he wasn't born an Irishman. And he's not Irish, and like it kind of like shows like the histor. <laughs> well, he's 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 not like typically Irish, right? Um, like as in like he had ancestry of being Irish. It it shows the historical like uh, significance of that because that used to matter back then. Sure. Like especially especially being Irish back in the sixties. Sure. Like, oh yeah, right. Like, that's that a, a good point. I think that's a good point that he's Irish. You know, um, obviously they did a big, they made a big point of casting characters from all over Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously some of them were, are, are at that point, enemies of the United States. So that's important. I, and I don't, I don't know if the Irish stuff has anything to do with just that, the struggle. But definitely, yeah, like I guess I didn't realize that, you know, that it's kind of like that fake Irish stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just like Googled, however they Googled back then. Yeah. Like what's a good Irish song that we can have him yeah. sing? Like you know? he, he struck me as an Irish-American. Yes, his, his the character and, and his mental. He kind of goes back into this like his background, and that's what he pulls up. Everybody pulls up a different thing, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, and then the big reveal to me is the is the chapel being in love with Spock thing. Yeah, I, I appreciate that uh, they didn't go overboard with um, like Sulu. They're like, all right, Sulu just likes fencing. You know, yeah. they're, they're not like, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, he should he should act like a samurai. No. That's, yeah. Right. Like you know. he just into that, and um, and they keep that in. It's a funny thing because that's a canon thing that they keep in in the first JJ movie. Like the Sulu is good at yeah. fencing, and he's yeah. like they kind of that was the thing that you know a little bit of the lazy JJ surface level mm-hmm. fandom. But they did pull that in. Of course, we never see him with a suit. We never see him with a sword again. I don't think. Uh, maybe in the that one episode where all the weapons are turned into swords. I'll have to, when we get to that, we'll have to rewatch that. But um. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, Sulu's not. He's he's just he's just running around cause a muck. He's just running a muck, like so to speak. Um, but the scene with with Chapel and Spock is really really good. I love you, like yeah. like you hide your feelings, which is very cool because it it you know you guys are watching Strange New Worlds and that is this is going to tie into Strange New Worlds to some extent um, that they have a relationship and some, or they have, there's feelings, so mm-hmm. to speak. I don't want to spoil it for you. So there's, there's definitely like feelings and he clearly like knows it. And, and there's a, I feel like he kind of, he likes her too, but well, we just watched the episode, uh, the other day when, when him and T'Pring swap bodies. Right. That's and, really at cool the, and at the very end, she straight up is like, yeah, I have feelings, but not for the guy I was talking to. And I looked at him and I was like, she's right. a fuck. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's and so that starts obvious. To come up she in can't. This, that, it's yeah. so obvious. And that's why, like, that's why, like, in the JJ movie, um, I was frustrated that they made Spock kind of hook up with with Ohura, and I realized they had Zoe. Yeah. Stamalda or whatever her name. I mean, they, they, Zoe Saldana. They, they, Saldana. Like, they wanted, because she was a big star, so they had to give her a bigger part. But maybe they could have just had Nurse Chapel in the movie. Like, and had Nurse Chapel. Like, cause yeah. and to me, they, like, it, it's such a violation. And of, then they replaced the her in the second movie with Alice Eve's character. Yeah. Um, what was her name? Oh, Marcus. Yeah. That's Carol. Dr. Carol Marcus, which is going to be um, important, you know, obviously later, because that's, we meet Carol Marcus in, in Wrath of Khan. Yeah, I mean, so. right. Uh, speaking of that, like they they do set this up like yep. uh, that's the scene where uh, Chapel and Spock are having their moment, and she literally like touches his face, and mm-hmm. she's literally like you can see that it's transferring into him, and it has a t- profound effect on him because Vulcans have emotion; they're just in control, and this is the first episode for sure where Leonard Nimoy said to the director and the everybody like I this is. This is I I let me just do this scene. Mm-hmm. Let me nail this fucking scene. And that scene in the conference room when he goes in and he's just like, you know, he's crying and he's yeah. like in the hallway, like, you know, he's walking down the hallway and he starts to like cry. Like mm-hmm. and then dun, the music told dramatic. He goes into the conference room because he just has to get away from everyone and he just tries to focus. And that scene, there's a legendary thing for that scene because it's one take. Mm-hmm. They did that scene in one take and one shot, and most of it was unscripted. Mm-hmm. And all the script said was essentially Spock struggles with emotions, and I think he went to the director and the writer of that episode and said, I have an idea, can I just go with it? And they were like, we don't even do And then he's trying to do mathematics to try to say, I'm sorry, and he literally just starts crying and crying and crying and crying. And I just love that scene. Yeah, that Because was- he says, I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control, like... It, 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 he just can't. He just can't. It's it's not that he doesn't have emotions, that he has to control them. And this is destroying. It's like when you're like trying not to laugh, and then you mm-hmm. laugh even harder because you're trying not to laugh. Yeah, you he know? he really works like logic into him trying to overcome his like this uh, corrupting force. Right. Like the fact that he's just he's doing equations like right. to like pull himself back into. You know this this state of absolute logic, I guess right. you'd call it, um, which he it it gives a insight into how Vulcans actually like mentally prepare themselves because like they're not born like this, right? Like th- this is something they train to do. Yes. Um, this is cultural. Yeah, L- rather than an innate quality yeah, of their. Because if you just if a if a Vulcan was born on mars you know or whatever you know and and had no access to their society they would be a very different person this is all very societal there's a lot of societal norms for vulcans yes and they bring it up later on in the series but they'd actually be very dangerous person if they didn't significantly more powerful they're at least twice as powerful as the average human Mm -hmm. um you know, which brings up in the second JJ movie that that's why Spock fights Khan mm-hmm. versus you know Chris Pine fighting Khan. You yeah, because he's not gonna he's gonna get his ass kicked. Yeah, that Khan was a lot stronger than the original <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of you know in the movies. So, um, yeah, that scene's great, and then it leads to one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Trek, was when Kirk and Spock have that first kind of showdown between mm-hmm. the two of them, and he's like. He's like slapping him around, yeah, and then he just gets <laughs> mad and just yeah. whacks him, and he flies across the table. Like, oh my god, that was he hilarious! Flies <laughs> across the table, and and that's him. Like that's they didn't have a stunt double for that one. He literally did that one himself, and he's like, "Don't tell me again, science officer. It's a theory. It's possible. Yeah. You know, like we may go up with the biggest fireball since the last ton of these parts exploded, but we gotta take this one in ten thousand chance. Yeah. Like it's just so over the top, like William Shatner acting, but it's just great because I just don't picture anyone else being Captain Kirk. You know, just, just the fact that he's just like he's just like he's eating those slaps. Like he just yeah. bam, just yeah. it's, it's Spock's just like he talking didn't fist him, total about fist punch him. <laughs> he would have really been more effective. Let's yeah. be honest, if he would have like. Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta really. It's a lay theory, into, yeah. you know, like. Um, yeah, Spock's just like, it's, it's never been done. It, never it won't work. Been done, like it won't work. And you know, and then, yeah, it's and then because of what Spock witnesses, it gives him enough ability to focus and get control of himself again. Um, you know, 
maybe his metabolism just processes that mm-hmm. disease quicker. Again, Vulcans are always supposed to be so different. They, they mm-hmm. work that into everything. Um, Kirk gets it really quick. Like he gets, maybe because of his heightened state of emotion, maybe his, meta- I, people always like, I guess re- he gets it too quick. Well, maybe that's just, it's not alcohol. It's, mm-hmm. it's just everybody reacts to it differently. And obviously there's not enough time for him to take 20 minutes because this episode would be over. Yeah. But I love that scene when he's like, you know, like, you know, now I know what she's called. She, yeah, I can't touch her. You know, like I can't have a relationship with her. Um, you know, no, 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 what does he say? No braid on my shoulder. Um, and then uh, there's two really great moments in that. Scotty comes in. He's like, Scotty, help. But he stops because he's so Kirk. Mm-hmm. He's like, he can't say help me. He can't, he has to, he can't, he's got to get it. He's just got to do it himself. And then he says, and then when he, when he tells them to clear off and he's going to come to the bridge, he's like, never lose you, never. And mm-hmm. I always love that because like, this is my fucking shit and I'm not losing it. Like I'm, I've, I've got, I've got a responsibility. Yeah, that's a theme with Kirk. Yeah, I like that. Like he's like, he's like, I really, I really am attracted to uh, Yeoman Rand, but or is this in a different episode? No, this no, is this in this, this episode. episode. Yeah, he's like, this, I'm really attracted, attracted to Yeoman, Yeoman Rand, but I'm married to this ship. Yeah, I, that was literally the line that was yeah. going through yeah. my head, and yeah. I, yeah, I mean that's why I've always loved that line. Never lose you. Yeah, never. I love that. Like. That he's got to be captain, and then it, it's it's you know like, and we don't have these kinds of heroes to this level anymore because mm-hmm. it's campy. But I still like this. I still like that, you know, that he fights it, and he and he has to be on the bridge, and he has to see it through. Like that's his job. Like you know, I think modern sci-fi, he would be like, ah, the other the vice the the he's in he's in sick bay, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, um, you know, um, whatever, you know. Oh, you did say you brought it up earlier, like with McCoy saying like. When he's on the thing, and like they do the science explanation, you know, mm-hmm. it's water. Water's transforming yeah. complex yeah. molecules or whatever. You know? Yeah, they they eventually neutralize it right. with some kind of a thing, and like we got to cover this before we end though. But right. um, the results of Spock's calculations, the implosion or right. inverse implosion or whatever they called it. Yes. Time warp. <laughs> we suddenly we're in a time that's, warp. That's where we end yeah, <laughs> on we, that episode. And we may use it someday, Mister Spock. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. Yeah, we are. Like, it's kind of yeah. cool. Like, let's, because they didn't need it. They yeah. didn't need it. And it just could have been brought into other episodes mm-hmm. later. But like, no, let's just throw it in. Yeah. Now we have, now we have, now we have a time machine. Yeah. Instead of doing that again, they're just like, all right, well, we'll just slingshot around the sun. Right. Uh, which well, I land. feel like this is almost, I feel like this is very similar to the slingshot effect. Because you're going into warp in close proximity to something with a high gravitational state, mm-hmm. which is why they do the slingshot around the sun. So it is the same technique. That's uh, the way I've always uh, viewed it. Because they, they, obviously they didn't show it visually, but I feel like if this is the planet, mm-hmm. they're going into warp around the planet and spinning out. So they're using the gravitational force yeah. and the warp to come out of it is what they do when they go around the sun. So it doesn't have to be a sun. It just has to be something with high gravitational. And remember, that planet was like... Yeah, it was... Com- was oops. going whatever, Newton over, whatever. It so. was compressing. And so yes. like And like, you know, that actually makes more sense th- than what I was thinking because they were like going really fast around the right. planet. Um, what I was thinking is like when they did the implosion, the ship was l- literally traveling in warp backwards, like away from the planet. Away from where they'd come at the uh, yeah. Nowadays we'd get a better special effect of what the ship looked like it was doing. Yeah. I've always assumed that it just went into warp and then just like zoomed around and came yeah. out around the other side. Yeah. But that create or they got stuck in the gravitational forces. Mm-hmm. They were speeding up and then once they came out, it's the same way they go around the sun and come out. Yeah, I mean, you know. yeah, like I, I think I like your. Your explanation, your read of the situation works better with the established canon, though. Like, okay. is very much just like you know, they're going really fast. They restart the engine, and then they're traveling backwards through time, and then uh, full reverse brings you out of time warp. So I guess time right. warp is a state of being. Um, like it's it. I I've always yeah I've always thought of time warp when they're in time warp it's kind of like they're in um they're almost like when you're in like in warp mm-hmm. like but they're just going back they're they're going through time instead of through time it's they're going through space i guess it's like doctor mm-hmm. instead of they're going through time 
they're not going through space. Mm. So when they're in a time warp versus warp drive. So I guess maybe that's why warp is being utilized. And that's one of those things like time warp has become something in sci-fi that we all use, but started time warp started on Star Trek. Like mm. it was never, it was just time travel before that, but then they started calling it time warp. And now everybody calls it, a lot of sci-fi calls it time warp. Yeah, that's you know? one of the things that's interesting is watching mm-hmm. like all the initial, like the things that we take for granted in sci-fi right. that started in Star Trek, like the, the galactic barrier, uh, Star Wars apes that later on. Right. Like they're just like, yeah, there's a barrier. Smoking that, device, a yeah. lot of things that we, that have just been kind of co- kind of co-opted or whatever and like, taken in other, other fandoms, so mm-hmm. to speak, which is great. I mean, that's obviously there's the legacy, you know, which is kind of cool. This again, like this is an episode that I'll, I will just watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good episode. Um, not so it's it's not one of the episodes where it like is commentary on society, but like it's still a pretty good episode. Like you get, you know, all these different character interactions. You get, um, you get time warp. This is huh. a really important episode for ta- for character development. Yeah, and you know, back when they had twenty two, twenty six episodes a season or whatever it was, they had the time to do that, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of great. You yeah. Know? Well, I don't think we're going to be able to get to. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, what's uh, enemy within? The, is the enemy next within, episode. yes. But I need you to go to my camera because I I want to to show you that I'm prepared mm-hmm. for the next episode. Have you seen the enemy within? Yeah. Oh, I, I I've been watching. Uh, I've been trying to watch Ray most Kirk, of season Captain, one. Captain Captain oh, Ray Kirk. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. I'm in. right. I've seen mm-hmm. it. So I just want to say that I'm prepared for the next episode. Yeah. Yes, there. That that one's got. I have the story. I'm ready. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that I'm is ready awesome. Ready for the next episode. Give me the brandy. So I'm just ready to start walking through this ship. Well, like, who can I? Who can you have a sip? You have a sip of the and brandy. There's nothing in there. Maybe for next week we'll put some and brandy in it. I made this myself. I'm very inspired by this show, this this podcast. This has been one of the coolest things yeah. I've been doing lately. I'm telling you, I look forward to this. I really appreciate you wanting yeah. to do this show. And so I told my wife, I said, i got to start making some Star Trek props. Mm-hmm. So I made the Sari and Brandy bottle, which um, this was a whiskey. It's a, some type of Tennessee whiskey. And the bottle came, like, with brown straps. And obviously back then they didn't have a huge – they didn't run laser printing shit. So mm-hmm. they, just, they just basically took the leather and, and – yeah. uh, Dyed it, I assume. <laughs> I just, I made, I had to go buy the plant. I, I bought the bottle, but then the red, I, I went and bought. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> at uh, Joanne Fabrics. Um, so. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of next episode, so I've kind of interpreted this podcast as almost like a watch party, really. Sure. So I want to get the audience involved. Um, so I've set up an email. It is doublefistpunchpodcast at gmail.com. You can send in your feedback on the episodes we're going to cover, and like if. You know, if it's interesting perspectives that we haven't thought of or anything like that, we'll read it out on the podcast and talk about it. That's a cool idea. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so the next uh, episodes we're going to cover are uh, The Enemy Within and probably, what's the next episode after that called? Uh, That's a, oh. Yeah, because yeah, I like, to, we might as well mention it because that way if people are, we can get anybody. Because, yeah, we, I'd love to have some other people's interpretations of some things. Obviously, what you? Th- I mean, while I'm looking it up, what were your thoughts on on these two episodes? You didn't really say too much. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, you guys kind of said everything I was gonna say. You know, like I don't. Um, it's Mud's Woman. Oh, Mud's oh, Woman. Oh, that's a good. That's Charlie's a good one. Angels. <laughs> that Charlie's was good. Angels Charlie's Angels, but the '60s. <laughs> Those women were really hot. <laughs> Let's just say that now. Yeah. They were. They were good. I don't care what gen. I don't know what planet or yeah. generation you're from. Those yeah. women were all pretty hot. That was pretty good. I remember being a young man, like, "Whoa, yeah, space is cool." Yeah, we're gonna get into a lot of production <laughs> production quality talk during that episode, because like, there, there's a lot of production things they did in that episode, which I'm excited to talk about. Oh, so, okay. and I have not, and I know the funny thing about Mud's women, and obviously that's a character that comes back. Not only does that character come back in another episode of the original series, um, Harry Hardcore Fenton Mud comes back in the animated series. And then they also brought in a different actor to play that character on Discovery. And I can't think of the actor's name. He's from one of those comedic shows that everybody likes. Um, he's he's on that. He's on that. He comes back for a couple episodes in Discovery as Hardcore Fenton Mud. So it's a character very deep-rooted in Star Trek. 
Um, but I have to admit, I it's Mud's Women is not an episode I watch a lot, so I have to rewatch that episode. Yeah, it's it's it, it it's production wise, it's a very impressive episode. And, um, a lot of characterization as well. So I can't wait to get to yeah. it. So we're um, talking about fuel. We actually yeah. talk about fuel, like which sometimes yeah. other sci-fi's never kind of bring up fuel. Yeah, I think that's also when they introduce dilithium, or yes, maybe they haven't right. yet. No, I think this is when they, because I think that's where they go to their planet. But I don't, again, that's where we need to rewatch mm-hmm. it. So I, I didn't right. realize. He's played by Rain Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's wow. Pretty good. He's pretty good on it. He's pretty wow. good. I couldn't think of the answer. I guess we got to watch Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's it's a nice again that Discovery does some nice things where they throw back to the original series. Because obviously Discovery takes place 10, 12, 13 years, um, well, the origi- the first few series, because obviously there's a time travel thing in that show. But um, the beginning part of Discovery takes place before, 15, 16 years before Captain Kirk takes control of the Enterprise, yeah. which is, causes a lot of problems within the fandom. Well, I'm I'm excited to get to Discovery. I, I like I like the fact that like at the very beginning, they're... Their costumes are like a, a mix between Enterprise costumes and yes. modern costumes. Yeah, I think they do. So, that, there's a lot of good production yeah. stuff that I, I do agree with. And the then they get really ugly. Yeah. They become that extremely ugly gray. Don't get me started on the Klingons, though. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway. We get to the Klingons, we'll talk about the Klingons. So Take us out, Rick. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for watching. So that's uh, the email address for your feedback on uh, – uh, I've already forgotten. Muds Women and The Enemy Within will be Double Fist Punch Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I want to thank everybody for watching again and thank my lovely assistant over there, um, dressed as Spock. And again, he looks a lot like uh, Ethan Peck in um, season. He's killing three. it, too. He, season uh, he's, four of Discovery. He's killing it, seriously. He's oh, like, he's, great. he's definitely my favorite part of uh, Strange New Worlds. So. And I want to thank my co-host for joining me today. Well, thanks for. I think this is great. I yeah. just love. I love doing this. I hope people are. I hope people start watching this and spread the word if you're a Star Trek fan because, again, we're fans. Yeah. Yeah. We, we pick on it a little bit, but we're not gonna like like I we're fans and it's it's a pleasure to do this. Yeah. So. I want you to watch Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's gonna do it. Have a good night and don't forget. Uh, Practice. Yep. Dun 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 d